Welcome to episode 35 of Mixtapes and Heartbreaks. I am your host, Joshua. I am your host, Diana. 35. We're closer. We're getting, we're one step closer to the edge and I'm about to break into holiday cheer. That's how you're going to start this episode? Yeah, I think so. Um, Okay. (laughs) It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. I've really enjoyed it. We got the, the digital fire here again. I'm really enjoying the driving around, getting off work where the sun is coming down and seeing uh, houses adorned with Christmas lights and decorations. Oh, you're getting in things. the spirit. I'm getting in the, in the spirit. And today we got a little bit of a, a, bit of a winter chill. Oh, God. Put my coat on and um, get into winter weather. So hopefully, I mean, it won't be a white Christmas, but it'll be, it'll be the right Christmas, you know? Bah humbug? You, you feel, are, you, are you already grinching it? Uh, I'm not feeling it. Yeah? It just sounds overwhelming. It's like, what? We're recording this on the 6th? Yeah, like less than like... Uh, well, let me check my now. advent calendar. Oh, we got 19 days. 19 days, and I'm like... I'm feeling that holiday panic. The pressure... I've done no shopping. Well, we Zero don't, shopping. We don't do gifts for each other. Um, and by the way, if a gift shows up on Christmas Day, I'm going to fucking hurt you. Uh, but we get gifts for our families. Mm-hmm. And it's that, like, I have to mail mine across the country because yeah. my sister lives in, in Washington. Right. So it's got to be mailed out before a certain time so it gets there in time. Yeah. So basically, I'm going to do my Christmas shopping on my lunch break tomorrow. <laughs> And then, you know, like I always do, like I can't, I can't wait till the last minute of this year or it's going to show up in fucking the middle of January. Yeah. Well, with, you know, uh, what, are they, what, what do they call it? What was the, what's the, the buzzword now? Not shipping delays. What is it? What are they, what are they calling it? Oh, um, we were joking the other day about how like that's just the new blame for everything. Oh, supply chain delays. Yeah. Supply chain delays. Ah, sorry, it's supply chain delay. Right. Sorry. Hey, my rent check is in the mail, but it's a supply chain the supply delay. Chain. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, my my nephew, my niece and nephew are now at that age where they're older. Like when kids are little, they're super easy. You just like buy a cool toy. Any wrap toy. it up and they love it but when you get to like you know 12 it's like oh man it's got to be they have personalities they want specific yeah. things they're usually expensive mm-hmm. and you can't just get a toy because then that's lame you know did you so um so we both grew up celebrating christmas mm-hmm. and did you get like did you always ask for a bunch of little things or did you want one big thing? Well, I did this thing uh, where I would tell <coughs> Santa I would want either either a bunch of little things or one big thing. And I never got the one big thing. It was always a bunch of, actually, a bunch of medium-sized things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. They were all, they weren't like expensive things, but they were bigger like uh, a gift i wanted from the time i was like six was a video camera never got one ever 
nobody's gonna buy a six-year-old a video camera well, here's the thing. in a si- 1980 a six-year-old me, six-year-old me did not understand the cost of things <laughs> so when you open up that service merchandise catalog Whoa. and you see you see that jvc camcorder and that you know the price is big and bold and it says 699 you don't know how much 699 dollars is you know what i mean you have no idea there's only one way to capture moments like this with the all-new Sears 3 Lux camcorder. Stop right there. So advanced, it can record as beautifully in normal light as it can in dim light, or even in candlelight. And do it for just $21 a month for a great camcorder at a great price. Hurry to Sears. Of course your parents never got you that. Right. And then I wanted a Nintendo, and I never got it. And then Santa... What was the... What? I was going to say, then Santa, or, you know, my parents, gifted a Nintendo to both me and my brother. We got to share the Nintendo. Of course. If you have a sibling, you share a, a game system. Listen, parents, that's the worst idea. It's the worst idea. Well, no. Now you have to play. Now you have somebody to play with. Yeah. My sister and I got, like, a Sega one year. Um, And also, we just... Well, here's how you get around that. You get one person games. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to hang out with your sibling. But then the older sibling just gets full reign of the system. Full reign of it, yeah. Yeah, that's how it always goes. Sorry, you were saying something before I was. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, I was. Uh, what was the actual price of a Nintendo when it first. Not when it first came out, but like mid nine or mid 80s, late 80s Nintendo prices. Let's say a 19, 1988 price of a nintendo yeah um let's see because i know how much they are now and i didn't get one until they were like much you know older well my dad hands just put a 1988 price for a nintendi with an i uh okay the nes action set with the super mario brothers cartridge was released in 1987 and it was 89 dollars with no game or $99 with the cartridge. And in 88, it was $150. So that sounds like nothing right now. But in 87 money, that's a lot of money. Yeah, $150 and 88 money is... That's like asking your parents right now for... I wouldn't, maybe PS5s are over-fucking-priced. They're like 600 700 bucks. It's like if I asked my parents for like a, like a 50-inch flat screen. Yeah. As a kid. Like, As a we kid. could do that, but that's going to be the only thing you get. You know for like mean? five years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's I mean, crazy both, that it was that inexpensive. I mean, we both grew up with grew up with siblings. Uh, you know, I grew up kind of poor, lower middle class, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like my parents weren't going to spend one hundred and fifty dollars on one fucking gift for us. No for Christmas. Well, that's and that's the thing you you slowly start to realize the uh, older you get. The more you start paying, you know, paying for your own shit and, and realizing the value of a dollar is uh, how what your actual socioeconomic status was growing up. Like my parents did a really good job of like hiding that buffering, you buffering and not realizing that you're actually I mean, we weren't poor, but we weren't like, you know. If we had Tommy Hilfiger clothes, it was Tommy Hilfiger stuff that they bought on layaway. You know, or like, you know, that kind of shit. 
Yeah. And that ain't nothing wrong with layaway. I grew up on layaway. Oh, layaway. Raised well, on layaway. Raised on layaway. There's the name of the episode. Um, yeah. Well, okay. That's how people in lower middle class or lower class or, you know, lower socioeconomic statuses were able to buy things. Yeah. Was layaway, which is just like a... If you're unfamiliar with the concept of layaway, is a non-credit <laughs> check credit option mm-hmm. um, for you to like make payments on lots of things, like yeah. a a basket uh, at Target. You could just take the whole fucking thing, take it back to customer service, back to customer service, <laughs> yeah. and put it all on layaway. Mm-hmm. They hold it for you, and you make payments on it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, and my mom would do that shit for like, uh, because you know when you're when you're a growing boy, your your size is gonna change. She would purposely put things on layaway that were a size larger. Yeah, because it's gonna be for next year. Yeah, for next year, and you'll you'll grow into it. But by that time, it's out of season. But I don't remember that ever being brought up in school. Like, ugh, that's so last season. You know what I mean? Or like, it's like out of date clothing was never. I mean. My sister and I had to shop at like Venture and Anthony's oh, yeah. and JCPenney. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. Wore a lot of utility brand. It was just no brands. Yeah. You know. Whatever the store. Yeah. Brand was. Pri- bought, private labels. What they call it now. Yeah. You you bought what you could find. You know. Mm. Um, and I really. I don't think I ever got bullied for my clothes until I was like a teenager. Yeah. But. When you're a teenager, it's when that's when like the thrift store chic started coming in, and you'd wear like vintage, vintage stuff. I I remember being ridiculed once for my shoes in gym class. I had a pair of. I got bullied for my shoes. What is that about? Yeah, gym shoes. Like kids are wearing like Jordans and shit, and I was wearing. I wore, I distinctly they were Spalding XJ nine thousands that you bought at like uh at a, a Payless. Payless. Mine were Viva from Payless. And they looked like Viva. Viva. These leather sneakers were just $14.99. Now they're even less than $12.99. And these $14.99 can't keep them on the shelf. Kid shoes, now just $12.99. That's less, and that's just the beginning. So come pay even less at Payless. Doesn't it feel cool? Uh, they, you know, they looked like the Patrick Ewing shoes or whatever at the time. They're just white with like blue piping and shit. They were sneakers. You're wearing in the gym. Yeah. This is the only time I'm going to wear these. I'm not going to spend $100 on a pair. I'll spend $25 on this pair of sneakers that I'm going to well, wear. Well, let's be honest. You're not spending shit. Your parents are My buying parents them. Are. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, got, I remember getting made fun of. And I, sna- I clapped back with, I'm not the idiot wearing $200 sneakers in gym class. Nice. You're ruining your shoes, bro. Yeah. That's an that's expensive piece. Those are good, good kicks. Good kicks. Keep keep them in a box. Twenty years from now, you're gonna regret that you wore those in gym class. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Yeah, I got made fun of um back in back when you can get Converse at Payless, like before Chuck Taylor's kind of like yeah got nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they were like twenty dollars at Payless, and you know I thought they were cool, and I got made fun of because they were Payless shoes. Yeah, they were canvas. They weren't yeah. made of leather. Yeah, fuck that kid. Yeah. Keds were another one I remember getting made fun of for wearing. 
See, I feel like everybody wore Keds. Nobody, I never got made fun of. You know, they weren't, they weren't Jordans. They weren't, uh, uh, Shacks. You know, they weren't the Reebok pumps. Although I did finally get a pair of Reebok pumps. But again, talk about layaway. They were layawayed in the size that I was currently wearing. So by the time I got them, they were a size too small. But you bet your sweet ass, I curled them toes up and wore them (laughs) motherfuckers to school. You're like, fuck it. Yeah. Ugh, Reebok pumps. Switch to the greatest sports performance shoe in the world. The Reebok pump. Pump up and air out. Oh. I think those have made, those came back. There's, there was this whole uh, nostalgia wave. I mean, it's still happening. It's, they're getting money from people in our generation because we have money to spend now. But so they re-released the pump. They re-released the LA Light. They re-released British Nights for a short time. You know, all this like nostalgia bait. Did you guys have like the gang British Night thing going on in your school? Oh yeah, they were called Blood Killers. That's what yeah. the, you don't wear those downtown. downtown. It's a gang affiliated. But we called them butt kickers. Butt kickers. Yeah. British Nights. Yeah, that was the thing back in that time. You'd have your shoe wasn't cool unless it had its own little keychain that would went through the eyelet. You know. Cool, unless you pee your pants. That's how you know it's cool. Being a teenager is so pointless. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's not pointless. <laughs> Beers from Anthem Brewing. Ooh, double crack. In stereo. Anthembrewing.com. Located at 908 Southwest 4th Street. Right here in the heart of Oklahoma City. Check them out at anthembrewing.com. There's a calendar with all the things they have going on. It's the holidays, man. They're stock, They're loaded up. So many new beers on the menu. Uh, events happening. Check them out at anthembrewing.com. This weird-ass episode is also brought to you by Dig It. Located at 1739 Northwest 16th Street in the Plaza. Oh, yeah. Find them at digitokc.com, on Instagram at digitokc, and Facebook at digit. You know, they're doing a lot of holiday things. Oh, yeah. By the time this episode drops, the Friday after, they're Mm -hmm. doing Hip Hop, Hip Hop the Plaza? Hip Hop Amonymous? No. Uh, Second Friday in the Plaza, it's going to be, and you know, they have like the shops stay open late, Mm -hmm. bands play, uh, it's hip hop themed. It's good. It's a party. Hip hop uh, Christmas. Hip hop Christmas. This evening, I'm drinking an Uraburst stout. I figured the weather's dropped below 50. It's time to pull out these Uraburses. You know, they that's the last man standing in the Anthem fridge. Always the Uraburst. You don't want to drink a stout when it's warm out. It's not what it's there for. When it gets chilled. And I got to tell you, man, it's, it's fucking delicious. It Dude, reminds me of like Herber a... Stout's like one of the best stouts in town. It's like a Yoo-Hoo. Yeah. Mwah. But I, I can't drink that shit in June. No, 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 no. It's called Hip Hop Holidays in the Plaza. Check it out at digitokc.com. We're also brought to you by Block Bar on Instagram. What was it? Block Bar. <laughs> on Instagram at the Block Bar. B-L-O-K-B-A-R. 30 Northeast 2nd Street. The Red Shipping Container Building. Check them out. Amazing vegan and non-vegan foods that will literally knock your socks off. And that's a guarantee. Literally? Literally. Okay. I'll guarantee it. Friday is ladies night. $3 well cocktails for everybody. Come in. Have a good time. 
Is that how you wrote it, everybody? Nope. That's how I'm just saying it. Okay. We just had the winter pop-up with orange peel at the 89th Street venue. It was a lot of fun. A lot of people came out. There's a lot of cool shit. Like you, I think you said, at some point, it's really, it's going to be really hard not to drop money. Dude, (laughs) that was a five-hour lesson in self-restraint. Yeah. Well, what sucked is the booth right across from ours, it was, dude, it was like God was tempting both of us. There was this, this dude had this bitchin' corduroy uh, 4-H jacket. No, it was an FFA. FHA, FFA, FFA. FFA. Yeah. jacket. And it was just facing us the entire time. I'm like, I want to I want to get that. Give me, give me, give me. I need, I uh, need, uh, I need. It was I get that. like blue embroidered, or it was blue corduroy with em- like embroidered patches on it. Mm-hmm. It said Oklahoma burns flat on the yeah. back of it. Looked pretty cool. It looked dope. But that being said, check out Orange Peel on Instagram at Orange Peel OKC, located in the Alcourt in Britain, Old Britain. Christmas is coming up, man. I go to dig it. If you want to get a really cool, unique Christmas idea, go to dig it in the plaza and then jot on down over to Britain and go to Orange Peel. Sorry, I had a little, had a little stout in the old throat. Check them out. Vintage, vintage everything. Clothes. Glassware. Dishware, shoes, artwork. Tickets got a lot of cool gift ideas. Also, You're... Anthem's got a lot of cool merch. That oh, yeah. make excellent gift ideas. Absolutely. You can get a gift card at any of these locations, too. If you don't know what to get, if, you're, if that person in your life is, is uh, hard, hard to shop for, but you know, you know the style. I've, that was always my thing. I was into that, I want to say punk, but you know, that like, punk adjacent look <laughs> that like no one my parents don't really know what to buy so you just get like a gift card to the place you go get i know you like shopping here so get go get something from there Mark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year you about ready to get the show going yeah i guess okay I guess I'm going first. All right. So this week in an, so it's not just America, it's nationwide or it's worldwide, global. Spotify released their yearly wrapped, which I feel it's a little early, but that's whatever. Um, so we had this idea that this episode, we were going to discuss our Spotify wrap, 2021 mm-hmm. year in re- review. Mm-hmm. Did you know that the Spotify wrapped was created by an intern? I did not know that. I did know, however, that it seems um, disingenuous to do a wrapped. You know what I mean? Like everyone participated in it and you don't realize what it actually is until you actually take a step back and think about it. Like you, I think you said it best, like, it's just one gigantic free advertising. Yeah. Spotify just gets millions and millions of free advertisement because mm-hmm. you can directly post it from Spotify. But you said an intern made it? 
Yes, I'm looking for her name. I meant to write it down. I do find it crazy that I, I've seen uh, Spotify stats here. So CEO Daniel Elk, he's 38, younger than me. The, yeah. man, the man is worth $4.7 billion. Just in the last quarter alone in 2021, Spotify made $2.8 million. <laughs> and think about this. Artists get an average of 0. 0.0038 cents per stream. You know, three bucks, three dollars and eighty cents every hundred streams. That is chump change compared to the four point seven billion dollars this guy is worth. A lot He's of money. a fucking college dropout <laughs> who created another app that failed. Uh, I but I use it. Was it I, called LimeWire? It's called Ad- Advantigo or some bullshit like that. Well, that's a terrible name. Of course, it failed. I don't even know. I'm not even bother looking it up. It's it's it didn't it didn't do anything. I know that. I'm getting heated. So <laughs> I'm like a tornado of anger swirling about. All right. So the wrapped Spotify wrapped used to be something that you got emailed to you and it was personalized. Mm-hmm. Like it was just something that you saw. And basically all wrapped is, is that Spotify, you know, um, analyzes what you've been listening to and, makes you feel like a creep for listening to the same song a hundred times. Right. Um, so Jewel Ham was an intern working for Spotify and the current concept so she she says um that the current concept of Spotify rap was her final project when she was an intern and you know she's never really received credit for it. She's not like mad about it she's just like but i made this you know and she realizes that like when you're an intern the her conversation is about interns and how fucked up that whole program is she acknowledges that like the content that you created as an intern belongs to that company right she's not like you know give me a billion dollars whatever but she is like i i made that it was my final project (laughs) you know that reminds me of something i was watching today on the old youtubes uh russell brand has a a little youtube channel little (laughs) that's so demeaning he's got a really great youtube channel and he was talking about internships specifically internships in washington and how it's just such a rampant thing uh you know free labor basically that's exactly what it is um you know, and on one side of it, it's it's really fucked up that you do that. You're exploiting labor for, you know, for, for without having to pay anything for it. But on the other hand, I'm sure a majority of those interns are actually just kids of rich people who are using that internship as their as their uh, uh, experience just to get into the world. Well, OK, that's a whole different other subject. But a yes. Yeah. Are we gonna go down a soapbox of internship, or do we just? Uh, we can we can quickly <clears throat> touch on it. I think it's disgusting, but I think it's disgusting. Um, it's really unfortunate that there's a lot of career paths where you have to have internships. That's really how you get ahead, how you get a foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is definitely used by rich people's children uh, as a resume builder. Uh. And also, like, it is an extreme privilege to be able to be an intern because you are working for free. Yeah. You have no income. Like, who the fuck can... You can't... And that's why interns are young people in college living off student loans or, you know, their father 
and or mother and or bridge crazy aunt. Uh, because like at 40, you can't be a fucking intern. You'll be homeless. Right. But that's the other thing too. Like how, how are you paying your bills? If you're literally like there's some, uh, again, in Washington uh, required internships of like 45 hours a week. Like how are you paying your bills if you're doing, you know what I mean? Right. Do you have bills? Are you just another privileged kid who's using it as, as something to put down on paper? You know what I mean? Yes. It's just, it's sad. And it's sad that this young person uh, made a thing that's j- huge. Yeah. It's huge. I it, didn't, it I didn't, not one of my friends did not post something about their rap. It generates millions, if not billions of dollars in free advertising. It's a billion dollar idea and, and they got it for free. Yeah. But thanks to Jewel Ham, we now have Spotify wrapped in its present form. And we're going to tell you all about our what we listened to the most this year. So jumping off the soapbox, my Spotify wrapped is the same five artists every fucking year. <laughs> just shifted around. And this year, uh, a, a new person joined the ranks, and it was Bo Burnham because I played the ever-loving hell out of Inside. Because it was great. I'm a special kind of white guy. So we decided that our song for this week would be our top song. The top song. Uh, regardless of what it is. Uh, my top song was by a bland, band called Blink-182. And the song is The Rock Show. Because you were in a Blink-182 cover band. It is 100% because <laughs> I'm in a Blink-182 tribute band. Tribute, tribute band. Sorry. Not a cover band. We're a tribute band. No, dude. We are a cover band. And we were Sorry, going to Tom play DeLong. the record that this song was on in its entirety. So I was listening to it a lot. You know, just practicing, make sure I'm getting all the parts right and everything. So, yeah. But that's why I was like, man, I don't know. Because it's not my favorite Blink song. But there's... This song has a lot of good, like, funny stories behind it. This song it. is an absolute banger. It is. <laughs> so it was on the 2001 album, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. My favorite Blink record they've ever done, ever. I love it. Um, did you own this CD at all? Or know anyone who had it? What year did it come out? Oh, one. I owned it in at some point. So this album was really cool. So all of their albums beforehand have had like cheeky names, you know, like Dude Ranch, Enema of the State. And this is the one's Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, which do you get the euphemism? It's about masturbation. There you go. So each record, so on the record, it had a cool logos of like a jacket, pants, and an airplane. Uh, and uh, each CD, so they had three different versions of the CD, one CD. They were different was, colors. They were different colors. Had each different logo on each different one. 
and each different, whichever CD you got had a different secret song on it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and I bought all of them because I had to have all of those secret songs. At a time before you can just, I mean, I guess you could have went and downloaded them, but it takes forever. And I want to have them. I want to have them. So I have them. This was not a secret song. This was actually the first single off of that record. Um, you know, it's a song about um, hanging out behind the club for the weekend, <laughs> acting stupid, getting drunk with my best friend. You know, about being a kid and like going to shows and like having like a scene crush on someone, you know, like a show crush. Right. Um, and just about being a band. Basically, Mark Hoppus wrote it about being starting Blink when they were teenagers and, and playing at Soma like all the time. Um, so they had had, they had the entire album recorded sans two songs. Uh, and if you've heard this record, you know that it, it's, it bangs, it rips, uh, but it's lacking, it's lacking something that, uh, Enema of the State had. And that's super catchy pop banger. Like we need, we need some radio hits. Right. So their management and label was like, you know, we really need, can we, can we get another Watson My Age again? <laughs> and Tom and Mark were both like, yeah, you know, this is like their, it's not their sophomore record. They're, 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 this is their third studio record by then. Are they maturing as artists? Maturing as artists. I think they're like, they're wanting to go to a different direction. And they're like, fine, fuck it. You want to cheat? Well, I'll write you the cheesiest fucking pop song. And they went their separate ways and then like just banged out super quick. Mark, uh, Tom banged out first date, which is the the single after this. (laughs) And Mark wrote this one just like super quick. Here's your dumb fucking thing. Not thinking they were going to be singles. And turns out those were the two lead singles for the record. So the two singles off this record, they wrote as a joke to appease the record company. To appease the record company. I love it when that happens. Yeah. And then the third single off of it was uh, Stay Together for the Kids, which is a bummer. But a great song. Bummer banger. Bummer banger for sure. Um, yeah, so this uh, this song hit number two on the Billboard Modern Rock uh, charts because, dude, I don't know if you remember, but from 1999 to like 2003, Blink-182 was like fucking huge. Yeah. They were the fucking Beatles almost. You know what I mean? Like, Let's not go that far. As far as like... They were in a lot of places everywhere yeah everywhere they were on like pop charts they were on trl all the time they were being interviewed and like they're like on tiger beat magazine and shit like they were just they were everywhere it's insane yeah um but the video do you remember the video yes uh trl classic trl moment uh i remember they premiered it they did one of those um making of the videos remember that on mtv and they would premiere it on and they'd premiere it trl yeah. yeah yeah So they got, um, they took the budget for the video, which is like $500,000, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot for a music video. Yeah. So instead of like just paying your production company making a video, they're like, fuck it, just give us the money and we're going to have fun with it. So they took just like, just a little, a digital camera and uh, uh, Brian Malloy, or Brendan Malloy uh, directed it, quote unquote, but he did like out cold and uh, he's done some movies and stuff, but just that's for fun. He's like, fuck it, let's just go blow this fucking money. And they did like crazy shit. Like uh, they uh, took a homeless guy and gave him a makeover, took him to a spa and shit, which I thought was cool. You know, uh, 
strippers mowing people's lawns for them. They dropped a Miata from a crane and destroyed it. They went to a one of them. They went to an electronic store and bought a flat screen TV and beat the shit out of it with baseball bats. I remember thinking, I was like, "Holy fuck, that's like a really expensive TV, man!" But you look back and it's like some Sony way like a CR TV or something. Right. It's probably like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. Like fuck. Which is a lot of money. And then you know their their smash their performances were them playing in a bank. <laughs> Uh, they played in like the a bank lobby was one, and then the other shot of them playing was in a bank. Uh, what do you call that? Safety deposit. In the vault. A vault, yeah, with the fish islands because it wouldn't be two thousand one. Wow, without, maybe I haven't seen this in a while. Without a fish island, and of course, you know they built like a a skate ramp in the middle of the street, and their friends skated because you have to have a slow mo oh, skate I, part. I remember the the skate ramp. Yeah, and they had that like cool fucking uh, Ford Econoline work van. That was like matte gray with like the the current Blink-182 logo on it. Pretty cool stuff. But this was like a, this is, I feel like this is like a new era for the band. Like they, you know, in like 99, 2000 was like their goofy, jokey, bubblegummy kind of a thing, you know, like baggy khakis right, and hurly tees. And I feel like this one, this is when they like, they matured. We're going to trade in the blue dicky shorts for black dicky pants. Oh, definitely maturing. And a black t-shirt. Is this when Travis Barker left his longtime girlfriend for a stripper? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, porn star? Yes. And they married and had a child, Landon. And uh, a television show. Meet the Barkers. I watched that show. It was bad. That was also a time when there were so many of those. There was like a... Uh, before fucking keeping up with the Kardashians or whatever, there was Meet the Barkers, there was the Osbournes, there was the Newlyweds with uh, uh, Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. Nick Lachey. I know it's tuna, but it, it says chicken. Which I watched a lot too. It, I was a sucker. Wow. I was a sucker for it. Because um, it, it was dumb. Like I made fun of it. I didn't like watch it religiously. It just, I watched the Osbournes a lot because I thought. Um, uh, Oh my god, I'm why am I blanking on her name? Today, Junior! Kelly. I thought Kelly Osborne was cute. Really? So did the uh, lead singer of the used. AP uh Charlie over here is not having it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that that ah! thing. Whoa. <laughs> there there are people who argue that that's that was a uh It was totally staged. It was staged to get the used to to, you know. I mean they were already blowing up, but yeah, he totally pretended to like her to be on television. Burt McCracken. Yeah, and who gives a shit about the used now? And that was he did that before uh, uh, Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy started dating Paris Hilton. Remember that was a thing? And then uh, Benji Madden dated uh, Cameron Diaz. They're married. They're married. And have children and all of that. Yeah. Which is bonkers. I think that it's pretty bonkers that Cameron Diaz is married to Benji Madden. Oh, good Charlotte. Yeah. I think about that a lot. But <laughs> well, good for him, man. It came up on a, a, a podcast I was Get listening to. Get that meal to, ticket. They, yeah. They were talking about like actors who don't really do much anymore. And they were talking about Cameron Diaz. And they're like, what is she doing? And someone looked it up and they're like, married to Benji Madden. <laughs> the guy from Good Charlotte? <laughs> and in my head, I started laughing and I started thinking like, how do you look at yourself in the mirror Brushing your teeth at night before you go to bed. <laughs> You're Cameron Diaz. Yeah. You are 
one of the most beautiful women on the planet. You're fucking Cameron Diaz. In your and then you look to your left, and Benji Madden's <laughs> washing the mascara off of his face. And you go, that's the guy. That's that was it. that's the one I wanted. Well, I'm sure that he makes her feel amazing. I'm sure. Oh, he I he Joel, knows Joel he knows Madden, what he did. Yeah, he knows what he is. Joel Madden was uh with uh Nicole Richie. Nicole Richie. Because they had a reality show called Who Gives a Shit. Okay. You don't remember? You didn't watch that one either? They have kids. Uh, they, are they still together? Are they still together I, for the I, kids? I don't know. They, 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 didn't, they may not have stayed together for the kids. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they... Uh, we know an absurd amount about Good Charlotte. Well, we watched a lot of MTV. True. I did, anyways, even in my t- early 20s. My first apartment watching a lot of that shit. Um, right. Yeah, so, you know, like the black gray motif was like... Their new thing. They all started clothing lines. Travis did uh, famous stars and straps. Mark did Atticus and Tom did Macbeth. It was their branching out, which was, I think, influenced by like hip hop artists who were doing that kind of shit, like making their own clothing lines and like. It was a very um, late 90s, early 2000 thing to do. Yeah. Good Charlotte did Made. Um, Yeah. Like a lot of our bands put out their own clothing line and it worked for a little bit, but. I mean, all of, all of, well, I don't know if Atticus is still a thing. I know Macbeth is still a thing, and I know Famous. Famous became a whole other thing. Famous Stars and Straps became, it started, that was one of my Christmas gifts I wanted as a kid. You keep saying Famous Stars and Straps. 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 Uh, That's one of the Christmas gifts I wanted when I was a kid. In 1999, I wanted, I wanted the Famous Stars and Straps belt, white belt with the blue stars. Oh my God, you have to stop pronouncing it like that. What? Straps. With <laughs> with a Cadillac buckle. Yeah. And I got it. You got it? And I thought that was super cool. Aww. I put it in my fresh, and I got a new pair of Dickies, crisp pair of Dickies that year. Put those on, some black socks. You know the whole get up. You've seen it before. I've seen it before. Yeah. It's embarrassing as fuck. Wow. <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, I, I, it got played so much. It, it's number one on my Spotify. And I think it's specifically because I was listening to that record to learn them. Uh, but also it's my favorite record. Um, and, and I think the algorithm of Spotify might play that song more than others because it is, it's a single, it's a yeah. hit. So they'll put it into your feed a lot. My favorite song on that record is probably Roller Coaster. Uh, there, it's just, it, I think it's, 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 it's not the untitled record where they get weird and like stonerific with it, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's not their Sergeant Pepper. It's not their Sergeant Peppers, but it's also not their Hard Day's Night. It's not their, you know, it's not, it's not juvenile. Like I I love um, Into the State, but it's a little. But it's chi- a lot of dick and fart jokes. A lot of dick and fart jokes, and there's some of those on this album on "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket." Like I mean, the whole the album title is "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket." Right. It just has a little bit more of a, I like a better word, emo, darker, or just like just more mature themes. I think. A little more serious. A little more, just a, just a scotch more serious. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, together for the what is it called? Together for the kids. Stay together for the kids. A song about divorce. Yeah. Because both of their. They both grew up in broken homes. Yeah, the song's a super bummer. Big bummer. Great video on that one, too. What a banger. Banger. So that was my choice. The Rock Show.
I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm very annoyed about the songs. It's like the first song on every single fucking record I've listened to last year. Because I don't like Shuffle. I yeah, always, you're not a fan of Shuffle, which I, I find weird. Not a fan of Shuffle. Because it, it, it'll take you, it, it, it kind of ruins the vibe. Yeah. Okay. So if you didn't know that Adele got Spotify to remove the default shuffle play, like mm-hmm. if you open up an artist and you want to play the record and you just hit play like up top by the picture, yeah, it defaults to shuffle. Yeah. And I hate that. And then Adele was like, we put together records for a reason. Take that off Spotify. And they were like, okay, Adele. No, no, no. I get, I get not wanting to shuffle an album, but like I'll shuffle like a playlist. Oh, that's not that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, I don't like listening to records out of the order that they are constructed sure. in. I get that. I get that. So, like, all my top songs are like the first song <laughs> off of a fucking record, and it's like, well, yeah, because side I just, one, track one. I put it on while I was like going to Brahms down the street, and I could only play one song, and I probably did that like fucking twenty times last year. Like, oh, this is your favorite song. It's not. <laughs> It is the song I listen to on the way to the gas station. <laughs> that should be a Spotify playlist. Yeah. Songs I listen to on the way to the gas station. And it's just one song. It's just one song. Yeah. But it's like the it's like a minute and a half of that one song. Of the first song on mm-hmm. like every single record. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, so it with that preference preference, prep whatever. Uh with that said, mm-hmm. My top song of the year was Trust Me by Sincere Engineer. This is my grand introduction. I'm lying face down in the street. For the second time this week and all of my plans fail. All the things I promise you I'll never get around to. I could see that you played that record quite a bit. Cause it's fucking the first song on her new record. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, I guess she's like a full. She's a full band now. Yeah, that band they're going on. They've been posting a lot of shows. So they just went on tour with Hot Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sincere Engineer started as Dina Bellos, and now she has a full band, and you know they're a little four piece. They just got off tour with Hot Mulligan, which is a terrible fucking band name. Um, and then next year they're going on tour uh, as support for the Menzingers across North America. And they're playing in Dallas, right? Everyone's playing in Dallas. I know. No one's playing here. No. We should go to that. Yeah, I want to. Now that um, Men- Menzingers got their balls back and are playing heavy again. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is the first song off of her off their new album, uh, Bless My Psyche. It just came out in september um after four years she put out a record four years ago that did really well you know she got some uh 
some buzz, if you will. Mm-hmm. It was on Red Scare. It's really funny. I don't really remember where I, you know, when I first heard Sincere Engineer. But I remember first knowing about her because she was like, she's on Red Scare and she's friends with Brenda Kelly mm-hmm. from the Lawrence Arms. And they were like going on a, she started as a singer songwriter, like acoustic guitar. They were like on a tour thing. Oh, acoustic Acoustic jaunt. tour, yeah. Mm-hmm. Acoustic jaunt. There's something about Red Scare though. Like, I don't know what it is. It seems like every, maybe not annually, but every other year, it seems like a band pops off from Red Scare that just like gets like, they they get their time in the sun. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I think that Red Scare is like really good at like uh launching mm-hmm. bigger things because now they're starting to hopeless. Yeah, I mean like I think Mass Intruder is one of the ones that I'm like shit. I yeah, know. I think they're really good at you know like finding good new bands and like promoting them as much as they can, and then just mm-hmm. being like fly home, fly free, fly, fly away. Hello there. I'm going to set you free. I do actually really like the song. There's a very cute video that has nothing to do with the actual lyrical content. Yeah, of the song. it's just it's the band. Um, they're sending messages to each other by Owl, and they like spell poop, <laughs> and then she gets pooped on at the end of the video, and she's like riding her bike eating a pizza, which is very impressive. Hmm. She's like holding a little Caesar's hot and ready. Riding a bike and like eating it. <clears throat> Sorry, you can't see Diana. She's got. Imagine the boxes in your left hand, holding it, pizza, pizza, Caesar style. She's riding a bike without her hands, and then eating it with the right eating hand. Eating in the right hand, yeah. <clears throat> you know how often I see people riding their bikes down the street like that, and it. I immediately think you're gonna crash. But My I, bike doesn't do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I, I don't know. Do I need to get is it the alignment? Do I gotta get one? Get the alignment off? My alignment off. I remember used to, I used to ride my bike like that all the time for like a long time. I think you just have to go fast enough. Maybe, or just have a pizza in hand. Maybe. Spotify says I listened to this song fifty times last year, which it I really don't feel like that's a lot. That doesn't seem like enough to be in your number one. It's once a week. Hmm. That's just not a lot. I think it said I listened to rock show like 300 and something. <laughs> so like once a day I'm listening to rock show. See, I'm going to show you the, the picture of is Dina riding oh. her bike, holding nice. up little Caesar hot and ready. sincere engineer because well i think she's a pretty good songwriter her her songs are really catchy they're cute she sings about being smart and fucked up mm-hmm. which i find relatable 
uh or being being a fuck up but also being a smart person yeah i feel like that's a relatable yeah i think those things those two are are uh not mutually exclusive but they tend to happen yeah quite often yeah a smart fuck up but those are the two genre. I mean, your choice and my choice are similar, and I'd put them in the same category or subcategory. Yeah, I, I, mean, I could see them being put on a playlist. Maybe like at the mall. Stylistically wise, I'm yeah. saying, yeah. Um. So embarrassingly enough. Four of my top songs are Sincere Engineer, yeah. um, which is clearly her like playlist, her artist playlist. If you just pull up Sincere Engineer, it's like the top four songs on the artist's like playlist. Mm-hmm. And then it's fucking Touche Amours, the first song on stage four. That's apparently all I listened to was like the first song on every album. On your top song list? Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to go down our, our top songs entirely? Yeah. Okay. Did I talk about my song enough? Of course. <laughs> I really So here's the last thing I'll say, say about Sincere Engineer. Uh, I really, you know, I think she's a good artist. I th- she plays guitar. She's an actual musician. She fronts a band. Did you say where she's from? They're from Chicago. Chicago. Stoppers. And that's why they're friends with the Lawrence Arms. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's just like a normal person. She's not, and I don't mean this in any disrespect, but she's not like a hot girl. You know? I know what you mean. Like, she's a normal person. She's a musician, and she's not just like there to be sexy. Right. She's not basing it all on. Her look. She's not. She's not an attractive girl who figured out how to play a couple of chords on a guitar. Yeah, she's an attractive girl. She's very pretty, but right. you know, it's just, you know, like her tits aren't falling out, and she yeah. just looks like a normal fucking human being. Amen. And I appreciate that. Much preach. Apparently, she's very small. My friend went and saw her in Denver. She's a very small little person, like little cute little person. Adorable. She was selling her own merch, which was <clears throat> ridiculous. Running her own merch booth. Yeah. Be your own merch girl. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right. So my top songs are Trust Me, Corndog Sonnet number seven, Sincere Engineer. That's the song. Uh, Jacked Across the Finish Line, which is actually my favorite Sincere song, Overbite. And then number five is Flowers in You by Touche Moore. So you have three Sincere Engineer songs? I have four. Four Sincere Engineer songs? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's that one album got a lot of play. No, it's... Oh, multiple different albums? It, yeah. Okay. It's like all of her stuff. Yeah. But all I, track ones on all of them? Not really. Uh, no. I mean, cor- Corndog and Overbite are like the first two songs off of um, Rambithian, if that's how you pronounce it. Drive Across the Finish Line is a single that she put out, but hmm. then put it on Bless My Psyche, uh, which, you know, I appreciate because it's kind of annoying that that song was not on an album that I could listen to. I don't know. Whatever. Hmm. Um,. Yeah, and then Flowers and You is the first song off stage four by Touche Amour. Uh, but you still have better picks than mine. No. No. You They're want, different picks. Do you want to know what my top is? Yes. Well, of course, the number one was Rock Show. That's why I chose Rock Show. 
The number two is what's my age again. <laughs> number three is first date. <laughs> uh, number four is content by Bo Burnham. Nice. Track one. Track one. But I think content might be my favorite one off of that record because it sets the stage for what's coming in it. Yeah. But it's got a good vibe to it. I don't know. All eyes on me. All eyes on me is a, that's. I mean, that's the showstopper. He got nominated for he got nominated for a Grammy for that song. For all eyes on me. I like Welcome to the Internet just because of I like what it says, but it it is a little existential. Yeah, I can't really listen to those yeah. existential songs. And then my fifth one's Anthem Part Two, Blink One Eighty Two. <laughs> so a lot of Blink. Yeah. Get right out of town. And that's only because. I'm in a Blink tribute band, Blink 405, at Blink 405 on Instagram. We were doing that album, so I was listening to it a lot. I was trying to get, I I want it to be as detailed as possible. I like that you preface by being embarrassed by your song choices, and then you're like, I'm in a Blink 182 tribute band. I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm, 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 I'm upset that that's what Spotify thinks that's all I listen to, though. Like, Spotify's dude, not judging you. Dude, I was listening to so much. I could have swore like Sugar Colt was going to pop up on there because I was rocking Palm Trees and Power Lines a lot this year. Yeah. But it, it but the thing, what I listen to on Spotify is, uh, one, it's none of your business, but two, <laughs> um, it's, com- it's comfort, man. I don't, I'll listen to new shit. I'll always listen to new shit, but I'll listen to it once or twice. I'm not, it's not going to be enough on repeat that it's going to pop up on my wrapped. You know what I mean? So, so I go back to my blanket. And my blanket is pop punk. <laughs> and that's just how There's I live. There's nothing wrong with that. That's my truth. That's your truth? Mm-hmm. See, I'm like the... Op- well, I don't know. I guess I'm the opposite in that, like, when I do find a new band or a new song, I listen to it repeatedly until I hate it. Uh. And that's why it's always, like, contemporary things... Right. On See, my Spotify. I, I listen to something and, and if it, there's been songs that have definitely like hit me and I'm like, fuck, I'm that, keep it going. Repeat, yeah. repeat, but not enough that it would show up on a thing. What are your top genres? Okay. See, and the, the, here's the funny part. Like I just said, my top five, take Bo Burnham out. Yeah. Four of my top five. Pop punk. It's the same artist. Yeah. It's all <laughs> Blink-182, which are the godfathers of pop punk. Well, I would say godfathers. But they're the jesters of pop punk. Sure. Number one, just punk. Punk. Number two, alternative rock. You want to know why? Because I was listed as the fucking SCP for quite a bit. <laughs> I went I went down an SCP phase. Uh, number three, emo. Four, new metal. Five, five, pop punk. Five's pop mm-hmm. punk? I guess is Blink-182 like... Genrefied, they might be genrefied as punk, but I mean, you know, I'm I'm listening to like, we'll get we'll get to the artists, mm-hmm. um, and you'll see what I'm listening to, which might, well, yeah, we'll save that for that. Okay, so my top genre weirdly is emo, which I guess makes sense. I don't know, and then it's punk, really big, punk, and I don't know. Uh, Midwestern emo, melodic hardcore, which is truth, and then East Coast hip hop, which is solely the Beastie Boys. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you were rocking. You went in that Beastie Boys. Yeah, I went down a really long rabbit hole with Beastie Boys. But see, that's the thing too. 
I think I think about if this makes well no go ahead could Spotify know that we're together when we're listening to things because we'll use your phone in the car to listen to a lot of things you know right. what I mean uh, and we're together a lot so like oh do you think that your music taste is skewing my Spotify maybe maybe that's the punk part is me maybe well I mean I listen to a lot of like I listen to a lot of punk it's not pop punk but you sure. know but it, number five makes me sound much more interesting than I am East Coast hip hop it's just the Beastie Boys. What's funny when you do your rap and it'll tell you like how many genres you listen to. And it was like, we're proud of you. You've listened to 46 different genres this year. But then it's the same shit I always listen to or my tops. I'm like, right. bitch, I'm listening to jazz. <laughs> I'm listening to some classical. I'm more than just pop punk. I'm more than just pop punk. By the way, um, Beastie Boys was the most binge listened artist of the yeah. year it gives you like two lies and a truth yeah it's like what did you binge the most yeah you know what mine was what uh american fail uh which didn't pop up on any of my other lists american fail is a is a new band uh with yuri ruli from mxpx uh and i forgot the other guy's names oh, God. dude it's it is if you're a fan of propaganda you'll fucking love american fail go check out american fail it's uh, it's like an EP, and all the songs kind of bleed together. It's kind of like a musical in a way. They're they're all like it's like a rock opera. Oh, that's fun. But dude, it the lyrical content is like fuck, fuck. It's good. <laughs> it's good. We'll have to check that out. Shut up, American Fail. Okay, so who was your top artist? Which what? I thought was interesting was different than my top song. Oh, not me. Oh, same? Number one, Blink-182. Number two, MXPX. Of course. Why would they not be? No, what was just... Oh. Top artists. Yeah, it says like you were in the top... Oh, percentage? Blink-182. I'm in the top <laughs> 0.02% of listeners for Blink-182. Okay, top artists, go. Uh, number one, Blink-182. Number two, MXPX. Shout out to my boys. Number three, Green Day. I'll listen to Green Day up to American Idiot. That's what Spotify should have is like, <laughs> you don't listen to shit after 2004 because I don't. Yeah. Number four, Bo Burnham. Nice. Number five, Alkaline Trio. All of these things are very, um, very you. But it makes me sound basic. Dude, I, I swear to God. Okay. Do you feel like it, Spotify thinks you're a basic bitch? Yeah, because, because here's the thing. Spotify does the rap. Facebook does the memories. Oh, yeah. And so Facebook will tell you memories that you posted last year around this time, around the time you would post your Spotify wrapped. It's the same thing. Exact same lineup. Who was your... Just switched around. My number one last year was Green Day. Who was the other band if it wasn't Bo Burnham? Who would be on here if it wasn't Bo Burnham? No. Who was it last year? Uh, It was Blink, MXPX, Green Day, Alkaline Trio, and Sugar Cult. <laughs> I like what I like. Right. Well, t um, to make you feel better, I had the same artist, top artist as I did last year. Yeah. Touche more. 
Is that what 40 is? Is this is 40? Is that what that movie meant? Like, yeah. this is 40? You're just going to listen to the same shit forever? Yes. yes. Awesome. Which is interesting to me because um, four of the bands on my top, so I don't, like, really listen to new things. Mm-hmm. If I didn't hear you before the age of 25, <laughs> I probably don't care. Mm-hmm. Um. So when I do find a new band, like, I just, like, obsess about it in a very creepy way. Oh, the same way. And, uh, you know, I'll listen to it till I hate it. So yeah, four of the, four of my bands are like fairly newer. Like Touche Amour is my number one. I just heard them like, I just got into them in 2020. That was really the first time I had started listening to them. Oh yeah? Um, They became... The first band that I ever pre-ordered an album for. Damn, that means something. Yeah, I ordered Lament. I'm gonna like, give you. I'm gonna give you money before I'm even gonna get the physical thing. Well, I heard like the first single, and um, so like in 2020, they I guess they had recorded it or were recording it like when COVID started. Uh huh. Maybe they had record. I don't know. Whatever. This single <coughs> came out like last summer i was like oh this is really good and then it was like we're gonna pre-order you know everybody like does a pre-order now i was like okay whatever and just did it see your when you got into that it it didn't i wouldn't say reignite but it reminded me of that band because i hadn't really heard anything from them in a long time like jamie schnitzler and and mikey p and Corey ray and all those guys like they've they've been like touche fans for a while and i think i actually saw their band open for touche more at some point. yeah they've been a band yeah. since like yeah. 2009 uh 2000 yeah 2008 uh but didn't really think anything of it but they're one of those bands that kind of i want to say evolve with every record but they kind of they keep it interesting it's not just the same shit every time you know yeah um so shout out touche more is it touche amour or touche amore? Uh, well, the the word is amour. Amour. Is there a is there a thing above the? There is an accent on the e. Yeah. On Maybe it's touche amour. Well, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. No, it's that's not. Amore. All right, my second artist, the Beastie Boys, obviously. R.I.P. Hey, Rip. Uh, and then Sincere Engineers, third. Hmm. Top song, third artist, whatever. And then it's Into It, Over It. I listened to fucking Proper a lot this year. Great record. And then Modern Baseball. Hey. You know? That's where that Midwest emo vibe comes in. Yeah. Good choice. So did you get that thing that was the uh, your audio aura? Yes. Your top music. My top music moods were angst and silly, and it was a blank... Polaroid. Your your words are angst and silly. Yeah, mine are silly and angst. Oh, see, mine like looks like a blank Polaroid. Oh, maybe you uh did your did your screenshot at the wrong time. No, that's that's exactly what it looks like the entire time. <laughs> we have the same words. I know, isn't that cute? But backwards. We're but silly. the other, but the other way. We're backwards, but the other way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was really upset, um, 
everyone was posting their like movie soundtrack thing. Like your movie soundtrack. You is didn't this. get one. I didn't get one. And I feel like I was excluded. <laughs> and what the fuck is your name, Eric? What the fuck your name is? CEO of Spotify. I'm owed. I want to know what my movie soundtrack is, man. Come on. That's really weird. Yeah, I know. I oh. like showed it to a bunch of people like, no, no, it's the first thing. Like, you do it. And it never showed up. Like, I'm, I got yeah, I didn't believe you. I thought you were just skipping it. And I looked at it and I was like, yeah, you just. I got hosed. <laughs> I got hosed this Christmas from Spotify. <laughs> um, yeah. So here's some more free advertising for Spotify. Yeah. You can also it. find our podcast on Spotify. Yeah, we are. I guess we shouldn't bite the hand that feeds. We are on Spotify. That barely feeds us. It does. We're on Spotify at Mixtapes Heartbreaks. Actually, we're on Spotify at Mixtapes and Heartbreaks. Damn it. We got to do another fuck. We have we keep slacking on the playlist. Yeah. So we'll I'll create another playlist. It'll be it'll be it'll be fine. So every 12 episodes, we'll put. I don't know why we thought of 12. Me neither. I don't know how. Uh, it's, it's a quarter. It's, it makes my. Yeah. Not, it makes my number brain soothing. It, soothe. It made sense. It makes sense to do it by quarters. Yeah. But I've, I've lapsed on the last one and we're coming up on the other one. So it, it should doesn't probably, fucking matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll put them up. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, you can find us at. On Instagram at mixtapes.heartbreaks. Our website is mixtapesandheartbreaks.com. Uh, Twitter, if you want to, is at mixtapes. <laughs> I don't care. Find us wherever you find your podcast. We're again, we're, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Music. Wait, what's our email address? Our, oh, we want to hear our email address? I do. It's bangers <laughs> at mixtapes and heartbreaks. That's bangers, B A N G E R S, at mixtapesandheartbreaks.com. Rate, review, subscribe, share with everyone. We are on every platform. This has been a really fun one. Um, I do feel like a simpleton because I listen to the same shit. I don't think that makes you a simpleton. Well. You just like what you like. There's something wrong with it. I do. I, I do like what I like. I like you. I like you. I like this episode. Christmas is coming soon. I'm excited. There are other holidays. There oh, Hanukkah ended yesterday. Ah, uh, well. Happy Hanukkah. Eight, Belated. Eight. Eight crazy nights. Um, yeah. Uh, I think we're going to do a holiday episode in the next one. Yeah. So get ready. I'm excited. Bye. Bye. Bye.